We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jace, we got some bunch of news to talk about. We got we Io DeSumo coming back to the Bulls on a three-year, $21 million deal. It's a surprising piece of news that came out just before the weekend. We had Javon Freeman Liberty, who we've talked about in this podcast several times, not landing on the Bulls. He agrees to a two-way deal with the Toronto Raptors. The Bulls' last two-way spot goes to Turkish forward Anurlat Bitim. That's close the best enough. I'm going to do in terms of <laughs> pronouncing his name. Uh, so you know we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, and we have one of my favorite people who uh, tweets and talks about basketball with us. It's Coach Lero. Uh, follow him on Twitter, Lero. I don't have your Twitter up, so I'm just like totally blowing this as I tell people. Oh my! It's underscore Lero Hoops. Uh, Lero's the best. He has a really sharp eye for the game, covers it at all three levels, high school, college, and NBA, a good mix of analytical insights with like coaching approach with eye test. Lero's the best. And we're thrilled to have him to, uh, talk about all this news. And then a little bit just about the state of the bulls in general, where the bulls stand after their off season. So I guess Jason, I'll kick it over to you and we can start with IO. Yeah. Three years, 21 million. All, all I've seen lately is that it's going to be fully guaranteed. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I haven't. Have you, Ricky? Have you seen any reporting yet? Otherwise, I haven't seen it three, confirmed yeah. that it's fully guaranteed. So I just haven't. I haven't seen yeah. any. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen no yet. reports of like option years, non guaranteed money. So right now we're assuming this is three years, fully guaranteed, twenty one million. I was definitely surprised when I saw this deal come through uh, that he got whatever the three years. And it seemed like it was going to come down that he'd end up getting the the qualifying offer, which was just over five million. Uh, just after the year he had, it was a disappointing season for him. Uh, it seemed like he was the Bulls were kind of letting him go out there and see if he was going to get any offers. There was really nothing 
didn't seem like there was anything out there, but now all of a sudden, three years, $21 million for Io. Like I said, we'll see if this actually ends up being fully guaranteed, if there's an option somewhere. But like I said, as of right now, we're operating under that assumption that it is three years, 21 fully guaranteed. So that's $7 million a year for your whatever fifth Fifth guard, Io did not have a great year, and like whatever. I as I've, I've talked about this before. Like I'm an Io guy, loved Io at Illinois. I'm an Illinois guy, so like glad that Io got the bag. Good for him. Um, he loved what he did his first season. Again, his second season was not very good. Uh, his offense fell off. His shooting fell off. Still a good defensive player, but I am surprised that the Bulls gave him that contract. But I, I kind of thought they were just going to let him play it out and maybe sign the qualifying offer for five million. Um, and I mean, I, we don't know what was really out there. I don't think we've really seen anything else out there about like whatever, if another team was willing to sign him. There was a report that the Raptors were maybe looking into it. And of course, they ended up signing Javon Freeman Liberty instead. Uh, maybe they pulled a little okie doke there with, with some of that. But um, so, like, I'm not like I, angry about like Io get the Bulls giving Io this deal. I'm just like curious why they did do it. I'm curious again, like who they were bidding against. It does seem like the Bulls with all the deals they've been giving out lately is they are trying to like paint themselves like this as like a player friendly organization that kind of is willing to like on the margins, just like give the benefit of the doubt to the players. We saw with the Vooch deal three years, fully guaranteed 60 million. We've seen it with all these player options they give out and now giving IO after the year he had three years, 21 million just doesn't really seem like the, the smart business move again, like great for IO to get it. So Ricky, what are your thoughts? Were you surprised that Io got that contract as well? Like I said, I was definitely surprised for sure. Well, Jace, I think we got to start with Laro. All right, so I want to yeah. know Laro's thoughts. So, Laro, just you know, first thoughts when you saw the Io deal come through, and now that you've been able to uh, think about it for a few days, you know, are you glad Io's back? Do you think it was an overpay? Do you think people calling it an overpay are being ridiculous? Uh, sort of, what's your mindset on? Uh, are you happy Io's back? Just that. I would think in general, coming back, how are you feeling? Um, I think, like you said, after a couple of days and, uh, you know, thinking about it, I think now that, uh, now that I've gone through it, like, Io is a Billy guy. Billy loves Io. Um, and so on top of maybe like like uh, Jace, Jason was talking about, on top of like, you know, trying to be a player friendly organization maybe they felt a certain way because they only gave him a two-year deal coming out of college and maybe they it was like oh man we owe it to him because he you know he's doing this and uh he's doing a lot of good things on the floor i know last season uh offensively um wasn't uh the greatest but um he does provide like the ability to guard up a bit um he does provide some ball handling um you, you know they want to play fast pace. He he can play fast pace. Um, he's a he's a he's got a little bit of leadership qualities to him. Um, so I, I guess it all makes sense why why they did it, why they gave him that deal. And I don't think it's an overpay. I I I, I think some people are going a little too overboard with stuff like that. Like I think I think it's just I think it's fine, especially for someone that's so young. Um, that you know, I've seen I've seen him work out this summer. I know people. Um, they've been around him. Um, I've talked to his trainer uh, a couple times. Um, and the, the kid that he's been working his tail off, you know, ball handling, shooting, especially. Um, so who knows, man, maybe, maybe, um, you know, 
I know, I know uh, AK was going to a lot of Zach Levine's like workouts before they gave him the big contract. So who knows? Maybe AK has gone to a couple of uh, IO's uh, workouts and maybe he was sold on signing them more. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm fine with the deal. I like IO. Um, he did show a lot of good things his first year in the league and he, um, he still showed some things last, last season, maybe not as much on offense and he needs to get, uh, more confident in shooting the basketball and not just attacking, uh, closeouts that are not there. Like, you know, sometimes he was just catching and going and there wasn't even a, a closeout, like just let it go, let it fly, you know? So, um, but yeah, that's where I'm at with IO. Um, so first of all, happy to have IO back on the roster. I wanted IO back on the roster. Uh, I think that, you know, last year just solidified the fact that IO is a really good defensive guard. And I think given his size, six, five, six, nine wingspan, like he can play any, you know, one through three really like maybe he's not an ideal fit in those roles, but I think like Laro said, he's able to guard up a little bit. I think that, uh, you know, he's a pretty damn good on ball defender as we've seen throughout his two-year career with the Bulls, maybe not super locked in off the ball at all times, but overall I feel good about IO's defensive ability last year ranked in the 77th percentile of EPM defensively. Uh, that's a really nice number. The problem is that he ranked in the 18th percentile offensively and uh, for IO to make this look like, you know, a prudent move for the Bulls to give him a three-year $21 million deal. I do think he's going to have to improve the jump shot. And last year, it tailed off as a rookie. Io sh shot 37.6% from three. Last year, he shot 31.2% from three. And it was on 2.4 attempts per game both times. Uh, I think, like, if his offense is going to work in the NBA, he's going to have to be a floor spacer. He's going to have to be willing to take wide open three pointers. He's going to have to be willing to shoot it over even like a mild contest in a mild closeout, because I think that was a big problem with the Bulls last year. I got Io's shooting numbers up from last season. He took wide open. So this is six plus feet of space, 162 threes, knocked him down at a 34.6% clip. You know, you'd like to see a little better percentage on wide open shots for sure. But, you know, that's what that is from last year. And then uh, with a sort of a, a mild closeout, I'll call it four to six feet open. He only shot two of 24, so 8%, and then didn't take a single three, uh, you know, guarded within two to four feet or zero to two feet. So basically, Io is not taking jumpers where there's any sort of contest. As Lero was saying, he was turning down wide open looks last year and was like sort of driving into nothing a lot of the time. But I do think that like, you know, maybe Io's true level as a shooter is somewhere between his rookie year and his sophomore year. And if that can level out to about a 34% shooter, and if he can shoot it with a little bit more volume, the Bulls do have the shooting coach Patton around now this year. Uh, I think Io's got to be one of his pet projects. The reason I was surprised that they gave him the deal is because they could have had him on one year, 5 million. I never thought he was going to get more than the qualifying offer annually. So I like, I thought if they were gonna give him a long-term deal, it would be like, you know, maybe two for eight or something. And then you get him to agree to that instead of playing on the one year qualifying offer. Uh, but instead he got a pretty big deal, which like I said, I'm happy he's around. Uh, but as of right now, I think the bulls probably comfortably ran run a nine man rotation starting. You got Javon Carter, a point guard. I'd like 
to see him get the starting nod at the point. Zach Levine at the two, DeMar DeRozan at the three, Patrick Williams at the four, Nikola Vucevic at the five. Off the bench, you're bringing Alex Caruso and Kobe White. You're bringing Torrey Craig, and you're bringing Andre Drummond. So if that's your nine-man rotation that you want to roll with, I'm seeing Io as sort of the 10th guy there. Now, I do love the fact that the Bulls have a potential 10th man in the rotation who has started 91 games over the last two seasons. Io last year played 80 games. He was a very durable player, started 51 of those 80 games. Uh, So it's pretty nice to have a guy who, you know, if there's any injuries – has proven that he can soak up a lot of minutes on the floor and can give you uh, clearly above average defensive ability. Um, I think for him to really be an effective offensive player, he's going to have to be a, be a more willing and more capable three-point shooter. But, you know, Io's always been a pretty good finisher. I was just looking up his uh, finishing stats on basketballreference.com. He was at 67%. Uh, last year at the rim, 68%. His rookie year, he was 70% at the rim. So uh, pretty good there. He's also good from floater range. And he's been a pretty good shooter, basically, within the free throw line. Uh, despite the fact that, like, he's not a huge... I was not, like, a great leaper, I wouldn't say. He's not, like, super quick off the floor. He doesn't get a lot of vertical explosion. But he's still been a pretty good uh, scorer inside of the free throw line. So I think that that is maybe a, a good sign for like his touch, being able to shoot 43% from floater range, 50% from 10 to 16. So I do believe that uh, Io can be better offensively than he was in his second season. I like him returning as Alex Caruso insurance because I think it's sort of hard to expect Caruso to play 80 games in a season, right? He just plays so physically, so tough. Uh, so it's nice to kind of have Iowa some insurance there. And I do think, though, that, you know, I, I sort of wonder, like, did they miss out on any team building avenues by giving him a pretty big deal? As of right now, they have 14 guys committed. That includes Carlick Jones, whose guarantee date uh, is right around training camp, I believe. If they waive Carlick Jones, I think it's an opening day, actually. I think they could basically okay. bring him to camp and make a decision on him like on opening day. I'll look at that. But and if they waive him according to Will, they'd have two point four million. So that could potentially go to someone. Um, I don't know if we want to transition it now to Freeman Liberty, but I was really wishing they would cut Carly Jones and give Freeman Liberty a deal, who for a team trying to skirt the luxury tax here, that would have been the cheapest minimum possible because he has zero years of service in the NBA, John Freeman Liberty does. So that would have been like a good way to give out a super cheap minimum with a young player who has some upside. Uh, and I was pretty disappointed about him being let go. So Jace or Laro, do you guys have anything to say about IO or, uh, you know, otherwise we can we maybe start talking Freeman Liberty. Yeah. Let's, let's go to Laro about Freeman Liberty because I know you were tweeting, you've been kind of high on uh, Javon Freeman Liberty and like, uh, was, I mean, he's taking a two way with the Raptors and I mean, it seems like the bulls. Yeah. Like you said, Ricky, they could have given him, I think his cap hit would have been like just over a million because he has zero years of service in the NBA. And if the Bulls are trying to, whatever, duck the luxury tax and stay under here, like that would have been a really valuable, just $1 million contract to have. You mentioned, I believe uh, right now, I saw Keith Smith say that they're like 3.7 under. 
there, I think they were on like three and a half million under without Carlick Jones. And if you include his like 1.9, which is guaranteed, guaranteed only 250,000, that might have been the issue here. Like, I wonder if that 3.7 versus 3.4 was the 250,000 guarantee. That's opening night. His contract becomes 250,000 guaranteed on opening night and like fully guaranteed in January. So they do have some flexibility there with his contract. But, um, so yeah, if the, if the Bulls are trying to stand on the luxury tax, Javon Freeman Liberty after his great summer league seemed like, a natural guy to try to keep around at whatever, just like, I think it's like 1.1 million or something like that, but he goes to the Raptors on a two way. So like not even whatever, not even a guaranteed contract. Uh, and there, I feel like there's been there. I think there was like some conflicting reporting out there about like, just like how hard the bulls tried to keep him. Uh, you wonder if like, what if the bulls gave me an eye of that contract? He saw that. And I was like, you know, I'm just not going to like have an opportunity and he's going to go to the Raptors on a two way, but I mean, still just a two way. So, Laro, like I said, you've been tweeting a lot about, or you were tweeting the other day about just like losing JFL to the Raptors and how you thought that I was a missed opportunity too, because man. how good because how good he was in summer league and just kind of what he has shown in the last couple of years. So, um, do you think the Bulls should have given him one of their last roster spots, and uh, why or why were you upset about them missing out on that opportunity? Um, <clears throat> before I answer that, I did have a question for you guys. Yes, for, about IO. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a pathway for him to be like a like a Bruce Brown type of player? Yeah, I think that's possible. You know, Brown is kind of a unique guy because like we've seen him in like short role situations yeah. where he can like play. Make he didn't want to do that like, anymore. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like Bruce Brown, he's like I'd say he's a more effective transition player than I am. And Bruce does have a little bit of sauce off the dribble, too. Like, I'm still stuck on the one play he made in the finals where he, like, burned Bam and did, like, a little up and under at the cup. And he, like, he had some juice off the dribble. So I do sort of like that as a comparison. They're probably similar size. They're, you know, Bruce Brown. He's a bit stronger, right? Probably a little. He made his name in the league as a defensive player. Yeah. Yeah, And similar to Iowa, I would say, like, not really a true point guard, but, like, has a little bit of a dribble pass skill set. So I like that for sure. Uh, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like how old is IO right now? So 23? I assume he's 23, about to turn 24. So you're getting his age 24, 25, 26 seasons. Yeah. If you have an organization with good player development, I think IO has shown that he's like a hard worker. He's about the right things. He's about the team. He's about winning and not his own personal accolades. I do think that, like, these should be the prime years of Io's career. You're paying him, I believe, under 5% of the salary cap, even though it's a $7 million deal. So those, you know, he, he to me, he has the mentality that you want to bet on. He has the size. And we already know he's pretty good on one end of the floor. He just needs to improve yeah. offensively. And he was better offensively as a rookie. So uh, Brown comparison, pretty interesting. I like that. And like I said, I sort of like him as Caruso insurance, like is just a top defensive player. Yeah. If, uh, you know, someone's just missing time. But, yeah, like, Lero, I guess back to Io for a second. Like, you know, is there an area offensively where you think he can be used better or where you think like maybe the Bulls haven't fully tapped into a skill or a trait he has? Like, you know, do you have any like ideas on how they can maybe better leverage Io's talent offensively? I mean, I do remember <clears throat> watching a lot of film when we drafted him um, and also before we draft. I mean, yeah, before we drafted him, um, one of the things that I thought he was really good was is hitting the role man in, in pick and roll situations. 
but like I don't think he's he's not going to get very many pick and roll situ- you know yeah. uh, reps with the Bulls. I mean, you know, who would be crazy enough to do that over Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan? <laughs> even you know, so it's like he, I think that he does, but at the same time, the way the roster is constructed, I mean, he's he's just got to be better at shooting the basketball, you know. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that to me that that would be one is pick and roll, but again, like he's not going to get he's not going to get those. So. Yeah. Um, could you see him as a short roller? Do you think like maybe you use Io as a screener more? Like we haven't really seen that. I would that's a very good point. I would definitely uh like to see what that looks like. Um, because I do think I do think he he has some of those he has some chops, like passing chops in there where he may be able to, you know, he processes the floor a little bit better. So I I, I would like to see that, see how it looks. That'd be kind of cool. Cause I know they they've done it with Caruso. So um yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I'd love to see The thing is you need like floor spacers around that. Like we, they do it with Crusoe because they don't want to use Crusoe as a floor spacer. Well, it's like how many non-floor spacers can you play in this era of the league? So that's why it's a little bit of a tough fit uh, without the, without the shooting. But, um, you know, the Bulls did add a couple pieces in this off season in Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, who, will probably be more capable as floor spacers yeah so mm-hmm. you know there are, are maybe now more lineup configurations where io could possibly be used as a screener uh yeah so i like that in general but i agree i, li- I like um, that i would love to see that so on freeman liberty i'm just gonna give my little spiel and though please do i love it i can't wait like, <laughs> so we we're talking about freeman liberty is like this is an affordable contract for a team trying to skirt the luxury tax. But also more than that, like Javon Freeman Liberty can be a good ass player. And he looked phenomenal in summer league. He closed the year very strong for the Windy City Bulls. He has good size, six foot four, six nine wingspan. Uh, the big leap in his uh skill set has been his shooting ability. And if you look at his college shooting stats, he was basically a below 30% three-point shooter for his first three years of college. His senior year at DePaul. He shoots about 37.5% from three, becomes a second-team All-Big East player, still goes undrafted, but then shot the ball pretty well in the G League, too, uh, for the Windy City Bulls this year, and then just shot the cover off of it at Summer League for the Bulls. The sh- the shooting versatility from him looked pretty interesting to me. He was shooting pull-ups. He was shooting spot-ups. Um, I'm going to say off the dribble, I think he's got more pop athletically than Io does. I think that yeah. he's a little bit more uh, just like dynamic as a dribble-drive attacker. And he had some real craft too. Like I put together uh, a a ninety second video of Freeman Liberty's summer league performance, and you know you were seeing him hit like tough runners. You were seeing him hit pretty like crafty right handed finishes for layups in the lane. So when I look at the Bulls roster, like maybe Javon Freeman Liberty potentially he was thinking, oh, there's not an opportunity uh, on this team for me with IO back. And sure. There's probably some duplicative skill set in terms of IO and Freeman Liberty, but one, you can never have enough capable ball handlers and passers, especially a guy with some shooting potential. Um, and two, like, look at this bulls roster, right? You get 15 guys on the main roster. Okay. One of them Lonzo can't play. Dalen Terry does not look ready for prime time. He needs to probably play most of the season in the G league. Like, if Dalen Terry's playing minutes for the Bulls this year, it's going to be hard for the Bulls to hit their, you know, maximum amount of wins as a team. Like he still needs to be a developmental player. Julian Phillips, I don't think is ready for prime time either. He needs to be spending most of his time in the G League. He needs to be a developmental player. 
Um, and then, you know, you have a couple other roster spots where it seems like they might only carry 14, 14 but I would take Javon Freeman Liberty over Carleeks Jones without even thinking twice about it. He's younger, he's bigger. Uh, and I just think that he has more of the build and the skill set of an NBA player, whereas Carleek Jones is sort of like, he has no hope defensively. The league in general has gone away from small guards. We've seen better guards than Carleek Jones of a similar stature. Players like Sharif Cooper, players like right. Devon Dotson, not even get a chance in the league despite uh, being better overall prospects than Carleek Jones. So to me, Freeman Liberty just has the build of an NBA player. He was finally someone who you could say, okay, we developed this guy. Let's put him on our main roster. And then we also said, like, you know, there's just like team building uh, benefits to having him on the roster, too. And he just would have been like, okay, here's a young big guard who's made some shooting progress, who's always been really strong in the defensive end. Go back, look at his college stats. He was like a three and a half percent steal rate guy his first couple of years of college basketball. I knew him more as a defensive player. And then he really started to develop the offense. Now, yeah, he turns 24 years old this year. Maybe he doesn't have huge upside. Uh, I think, you know, there's been a couple examples of the Bulls leaking talent off their off their uh, G League team. Max Struess being the most recent example and the most famous long-term example would be Spencer Dinwiddie, who I was very upset when they cut him and decided to keep Isaiah Cannon, Michael Carter-Williams, and Jerry and Grant back in the day. So sort of a similar, uh, similar vibes with Freeman Liberty leaving the team. I thought it was a no-brainer to have him get a guaranteed roster spot. Forget a two-way, give this guy a guaranteed roster spot. I thought he earned it at Summer League. And I would have cut Carly Jones. I don't give a shit about the guarantee date and how long they could have like kept him around. Who cares? Also, they still have another open roster spot. And if they're trying to stay under the luxury tax, that's not uh, that's not like set until the end of the year. Yeah. So also, yeah, me, it's not a real excuse. An example. This is an example of AK just like either not believing Javon Freeman Liberty is good enough or honestly like AK not being flexible enough in his plan because maybe when Javon Freeman Liberty went to summer league, the Bulls probably didn't think too much of him. Maybe they never considered that Javon Freeman Liberty should get one of the 15 spots on the Chicago Bulls roster next year. But you know what? You have to be flexible. You get new information. You have to process that information and change your uh, team building avenues. And Freeman Liberty earned a spot on the Bulls this year in summer league. We can argue all day about whether or not summer league basketball is real, but forget the production. He has the traits of the type of guy who you want to bet on, you want to develop. And goddamn, from the time the Windy City Bulls opened, when has there ever been a success story from the Windy City Bulls? A guy who came from that uh, club team and joined the Bulls and really made, you know, a success on the Bulls. That's never happened. And this is an era when one of the Bulls' best player was an undrafted free agent, Alex Crusoe. This is an era when we just saw the Miami Heat go to the NBA Finals with Gabe, Vincent, and Max Struess, two undrafted free agents who just signed contracts totaling $100 million with other teams this offseason. So uh, I'm not saying that like Freeman Liberty is definitely going to be the next Gabe Vincent or Max Struess or Spencer Dinwiddie, but man, he was the type of guy you wanted to bet on for so many different reasons. Uh, I'm sure Laro was familiar with his high school career at Whitney Young, where he led them to a 2017 state championship, led them back to the state championship game in 2018. I believe they lost that game, but uh, would have been a great story. And I thought that like, he just had the traits that I wanted on the bulls. You can never have too much ball handling and passing and uh, some shooting potential too. So I do see that maybe there was some overlap with him and IO, but like, why not both? That's what I thought, especially when you got Lonzo Dalen and Phillips who can't play. Uh, because they're either disabled or because they're not ready for prime time yet. So that's my rant. Uh, Laro, talk to me, man. How are you feeling? 
Well, <clears throat> Carleek does have something that none of those guards you just named have. He has a G League MVP. That he does. So That's right. You got yeah. you got to remember that. You know. Uh, <laughs> no, but but uh, I mean, here's the deal, man. I, I I just yes, like like you said, Ricky. Like you know, there are probably people out there that think you know it was summer league. Like there's nothing to take from it. But if you look at his G League season. Right. There were and um he performed pretty well. And and it's like I'm just I'm trying not to go crazy. So I'm I'm go just crazy, gonna, please. <laughs> um I'll just like I'm just tired of the bullshit, man. Like like I, I just I just want there is no coach in ever and ever and ever history, whatever, whatever, will will refuse more ball handling. There's never enough ball handling. This team just came off a, a off a season where Nikola Vucevic played 82 games. Uh Patrick Williams played 82 games. Like the most health like the healthiest luckiest they've been. You mean to tell me you think they're going to do the same thing again? You think you re- you really think AK that that this team is going to be just that healthy again? Like you need to plan ahead. Adding a guy like Javon Freeman helps this team. I don't care what you think like like the kid, okay, if you're worried about him not being able to be effective scaling down and being off ball, go take a look at him when he was on. Carleek was the point guard. He played off ball a lot. So he was getting a lot of catch and shoot opportunities. He was getting a lot of uh, uh, opportunities to attack closeouts and make, you know, uh, connective passes and things like that. Like he he would have been just fine scaling down. If anything, like he probably would have been he probably would have had a better chance of popping being an off ball guy and being able to, you know, being able to play alongside guys like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan that commit that, that draw so much attention that are going to get guys open shots. You mean to tell me, okay, I love IO, but you mean to tell me you want, you want IO taking that open corner three, or you want Javon Freeman Liberty taking that open corner three. You want like Javon has also got enough bounce that if he gets to the rim and there's a contest, he could put it on your head. Like he's a, he's explosive. Like you see the connective passing, the defense that that's like, like Ricky has said, the defense is what he ha- put, you know, held his hat on like that. That's, that's what he does. He's got quick hands. He gets in passing lanes. He like, I just, again, I'm just super frustrated because I'm tired of letting talent just go. Like who can just sign them, sign them, sign them. And why are you keeping the G league MVP? He, well, I, I don't understand, bro. Who can, I, you, you know, you, you trade Sato without even saying anything to him, but you want to keep the G League MVP. You, you want to keep the G League MVP on the bench. Like, it's just, it's like, I, I, I'm I'm just frustrated, man, because it's, it's a move, like, adding Javon Freeman Liberty, like, would have been, you know, just a nice depth piece. It's really nice to be able totally. to just. Seems like a no-brainer. This guy kills it under summer league team. And like, you're just going to whatever, let him get a two way with whatever, like a rival that's like in your similar spot in the Eastern conference. Very, just very strange in general. If he's good, if he is as good as Lero and I think he is, or if he, you know, just first of all, it's just bad process to let him go. Like you should have just let the guy develop on the team because you finally had a pretty good player on your G league team who is the size and the shape of a real NBA guard. So you should just keep that guy and continue to develop him. And especially the fact that he's a hometown guy that should give you a little yeah. bit extra motivation to keep him around. But there was just no reason to let him go and to let him go on a two way to the Raptors. I mean, 
it's just disappointing. It, it leaves me curious. Like, do they plan? Like, do they just plan on whatever? Like you said, third, they have thirteen guaranteed contracts. They have Carly Jones on a non-guaranteed, and they're whatever three or so million under. Like, are they just? They've been in like these Christian Wood rumors, but like, are they just gonna like, kind of roll with this with like Carly Jones as yeah. they're gonna guarantee him and he's gonna be their fourteenth guy? Well, there are like well, some weird CBA rules. I was reading about like, do they have to carry 15 and there's stuff with like the two way contracts. I don't want to get like too deep into that CBA like mush and all that. But like, I'm curious, like to let Freeman Liberty go, like what are they planning for these? Whatever last one or two rounds, are they just going to keep Carly Jones and do nothing else? Are they going to add someone else? Are they going to, are they still, are they actually trying to sign Christian Wood? Because the rumor was, I think it was something like the Los Angeles times was like, Oh, the bulls are like now a threat to sign Christian Wood. Uh, Like, was that just his agent like, bullshitting, trying to like whatever put pressure on the Lakers to whatever actually sign him? Uh, are the Bulls like, the Bulls have avenues to add players? They're whatever they're about. They have, I think they have like 161 on 162 million in contracts right now. That's about 10 million under the hard cap of one like it's like 172.3 or something like that. They have the Lonzo exception. They have part of their mid like half their mid level left. They have a biannual. They could like make contract offers, guys. I know like what's left out there isn't that great but like i mean there is christian wood uh there are some other guys out there like but i do wonder like if they're not going to bring back a guy like jfl like do they have bigger plans or are they just literally just trying to they're gonna like roll with what they got i mean like i said he was gonna be cheap like no matter what you give him a guaranteed contract that's like super cheap like that's i feel like that's what they should have gone for like you have this guy in in your system you could sign him to a guaranteed deal for cheap. That seems like it'd be perfect for the Bulls. So I'm very curious. Like, do they do they have something up else up their sleeve or not? Because it just is weird that they kind of that they that he's going to the Raptors on a two way, not even not even a, a, a full guaranteed contract for with the Raptors. He's going on a two way. So like, it's just strange, it's a strange situation. I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm usually optimistic. That, that that's me. <laughs> like I'm I'm a, I'm a coach, and I like that's just how I'm built. You know, we may go in against Jason Tatum in the group and I'm going to fucking be- make my guys believe we have a fucking chance. Like that's just, that's just me. Like this is how I'm built, you know? But like, I, I just don't think AK is the fucking guy. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I'm there. It I, is. I, Here I we think, go. Uh, I'm, I am, you know, the optimism is fucking gone. Right. I was kind of happy with, I was actually kind of, I was very happy with the, the, the draft pick of Patrick Williams, but here's the deal. This is where, it pisses me off. It wasn't like you drafted an Anthony Edwards or a LaMelo Ball, guys that that had traits that were ready to go right now, like right now. You went and you drafted a guy like Patrick Williams that needed time to fucking develop. He was the youngest guy in the draft. He needed time. He needed reps to fuck up and, and be able to, to learn from those mistakes on ball reps. You need to find out right away, is this the guy that can be on ball? Is this a guy that's just a 3 and D wing? Is this a guy that that's a bench piece? You 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 fucking didn't give enough time for him to figure shit out, and you move right into a winning situation and 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 put basically put him in a fucking box and say, yo, we, you may have a little bit more to your game, but we need this out of you right now, guy. Don't you know f- fuck the everything else, right? Which is a fucking horrible way to go about development. It's a horrible way to you know like. You know, you put this kid in situations where, like, now fans call him a bus. He's trash and he's all this other shit. But like, he just hasn't had a had a chance to really fucking grow, right? Past the Patrick Williams shit. Move on to the Dale and Terry pick. What the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, 
I really don't understand. I don't want to come off like this because like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm usually very optimistic and uh, that's just how I am. But like, you know, and I hope Derek Dalen turns out to be a good player, but like, I, I just don't under fucking stand. You, you, you are building a team that you're trying to win right now. You're trying to win right now. Why not go get, and I, you can go, I'm not saying this because of the kid just won a national, um, it just won an NBA championship. I've talked to CT about it. I've talked to, uh, I was at Doug Tonus's party that night saying, yo, I want Malachi Branham or I want uh, Christian Braun. If you, I, I would rather go Christian Braun because he has traits that can help you right now. He's been a winner his whole fucking life. Won a high school state championship, won a peach jam with Mo Can, won a national champ. The kid just is a, he's got it in him. He's just a winner. He does whatever fucking takes. He may not have the biggest wingspan, but he guards. He, he, is, he does have an a upside as a shooter. He's not the best shooter right now or the most consistent shooter, but I'd be willing to bet on a guy like that. Um, but no, we go with a guy named Dalen Terry, who's not the best shooter. <laughs> right. And and he's shown through. I mean, you can go through our cerebral database. He's never been a good shooter. So it's like. I mean, what what are we what do we you know, you, you want that big three or or, you know, the the mid three, whatever. You're like trying call, to thread right? that weird needle or it's, like whatever. We're like trying to play for now and for the future. But like, it's, yeah, and all their draft picks have been like projects. Like, I know, I know you're a Patrick Williams guy. I mean, he was a project. Uh, I mean, I know whatever we could go hindsight's 2020 with the draft all the time. Like, could they needed a point guard? They could have drafted Tyrese Halliburton, like, whatever. Uh, but and then the Dale and Terry stuff, like, they they have all these whatever drafting all these projects, but they're trying to win now. And it is just very strange. They're trying to do like that two timeline shit the Warriors were doing. We're like, Oh, we have whatever. We have these guys we want to win now with, but now we're going to try to draft these projects for the future. And, but it's just so hard to thread that needle and develop those kind of guys when you're trying to win. Uh, if they're so raw, it's just like it's such a, and they keep doing it <laughs> with these some of these guys. So it's like, right. I, I didn't I, like the Phillips pick either. I hated the Phillips pick. Now he, he looked decent in summer league. I hope I'm wrong about that. I love to be wrong. I've been wrong many, many times, but I didn't like that pick. When they made that either, I was just like, wow, this guy is, again, just like not close to being able to contribute. So now you got him. And I mean, you know, again, maybe he'll prove me wrong and maybe he will be able to crash the glass and hit spot up threes and defend and, you know, provide those things. And that would be a nice player for the Bulls to have. And and I like the deal they gave him, getting him on a four year deal, team option on year four. I like that. That was a good piece of business. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter if he's not good. So, like, let's see him be good. Let's like really. I like that they got a shooting coach this year. So, like, hopefully the shooting coach, Patton, can help Io, you know, be more willing to shoot and help Patrick be a little more willing to shoot and help uh, Dalen just sort of seems like a no, like, he's he's got a long way to go in terms of his shot, I think. But, you know, maybe Phillips, he looked pretty decent in terms of his shooting. So, we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I guess, I guess we haven't talked about Julian Phillips. Laro, how do you feel about him? Uh, do you like him more than Dalen? Like, do you, th- do you think there's a pathway to either of those guys getting minutes this season? Uh, because again, like I'm mean, just talking about them. Like they, they just seem just like with the fit on this team, they're trying to win now. We know they need to be better offensively uh, because they were again, even with their big three, we we like to call them the mid three, all offensive first guys. They were twenty what twenty fourth, twenty fifth in offense, lowest three point rate in the league, and then. You have you trade into the draft. You trade two future seconds to get this guy, and he's another just like whatever questionable offense defensive guy. Uh, so, how do you feel about Julian Phillips? Do you think there's a pathway to, for him to get minutes this year? Do you think do you like him better than Dalen? Just your general thoughts on him. Whew, man, y'all really <clears throat> testing my optimism tonight. <laughs> um, so, Julian Phillips. I'll start with Julian. <laughs> Um, uh, I okay. I love the athleticism. Um, the first game it kind of seemed like the first game he played in something. Really, kind of felt like he was just feeling it feeling out, out game. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, the next couple games I did like what I saw. You know, I did like some things. I, I thought the athleticism shined in, in 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 parts of each game. Um, the shooting. I think the up the 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 top is is pretty fluid. I think the base just has to be figured out. Um, so I think as a shooter, I think there's an easier pathway for Julian to to, to become a better shooter. Um, I don't think there's a pathway for him to play, though. Uh, if he's playing, then, oh, my God, we're in trouble. <laughs> Bulls <You know>? fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Dalen. At least in year one. At least at the start right. of the yeah, season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. right. You know. um, and, and Dalen, I. I Dalen, I think. There's two things Dalen has to figure out, and that's the shooting and the finishing. The finishing has just not been good uh, at the rim. Um, the you know, those are two things you got to be able to do. You got you got to be able to you got to be able to finish. But it's it's funny you cannot like, do both. <laughs> man, and the one thing that I, he does does really well, which I like, is his connective passing. Is you know being you know if he could shoot the ball, being able to run some second side second side stuff and catch clo- uh, uh, attack closeouts and like you know. And the one thing I think he would he would help this team with a lot is that he's not Lonzo, 
but that the the flair he plays with on the fast break when he when he gets yes. that ball on the fast break, like yeah, he could help this team. But the yeah. shooting is just half court offense. It's just a mess. He's very raw <laughs> disaster. Dalen's still yeah. very raw, you yeah. know. And I I love that uh, Laro brought up the transition aspect of Jalen's game because I do think he could be good there too. And honestly, in a big picture sense, I do sort of like a guard with his traits next to Zach Levine. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like a bigger guard who can take on the tougher defensive assignment, who can, who's more of a pass first guy. So you could sort of see the vision there. But the thing is that if you can't make plays inside of the three point line and you can't make plays outside of the three point line, then you just really need what, to develop. What still. do you do? And to have a guy, you know, with a top 20 pick like that, uh, he just needs to develop. So like, this is a big year for Dalen. I think that, you know, hopefully he gets a lot of playing time in the G League. I hope. Right. Like he was just a raw pick and let's see him develop in the G League and a best case scenario. He can develop the way Javon Freeman Liberty developed. And then maybe next year he can, uh, you know, be or maybe even at the end of this season, maybe you can find uh, more utility for the skills he does have and that he does bring to the table. But uh, OK, so I kind of wanted to pick Lero's thoughts, too, on the state of the team now. Yep. Like, yeah, we've we've gone over some of this marginal roster stuff but uh you know the core of the bulls i think i laid out that nine man rotation io is the 10th yeah. man okay i am a little worried that like do they have a playable 11th man in the roster is 15 spots like you can't just burn five, narrowed i mean we t- five, we've talked about the we've talked about the spots. injury stuff like are they going to be as lucky injury wise Probably yeah, so, not. So, like, if there are injuries, are they fucked if they have to turn to some of these like later depth pieces? But, sure. but, but yeah, here's the thing: they could still add a guy. I think right. they need to add a guy. The type yeah. of player they need to add, in my opinion, is like a combo forward or a combo big man who can Ooh, space the floor and rebound a little bit. <laughs> so this is a piece you, of shit. <laughs> you're either gonna have like a four-five or a three-four. I think is sort of the ideal type of one more piece you want to add to the roster. Can Rudy Gay be that guy? I kind of think Rudy Gay is washed at this point. He's like, he's my, yeah, I think I'm a little older than Rudy Gay, but like I've been watching Rudy (laughs) Gay my whole life. We're about the same age, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I remember when uh, George Mason beat UConn and Rudy Gay was a big prospect on that UConn team. UConn team was stacked too. And uh, (laughs) um, so I don't know. There has been he'd be a good veteran in the locker room, and I'm yeah. down with like okay, fifteenth guy in the roster. Let him be a good veteran in the locker room. But like you also need some playable guys. I don't think he can play. But anyways, so but just high level beyond the depth. I'm kind of liking still this Bulls one through ten yeah. roster. Uh, I'm not very excited about the future of the Bulls beyond this season, but for this season. I'm I'm a little bit excited. I think that they can be they should better, be better. Than last year. They'll be better. Like last year they went 40 and 42. This year, like, you know, hypothetically, if things go right, maybe 45, 46 wins, 47 wins. That'd be some good basketball for us to watch. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, I'm fine with that. If the team could win 46, 47 games, like, I'd be pretty satisfied. But, of course, you want to continue to then see building on for that. the future beyond right. that, right, right. too. Um, and that's why they should have kept someone like Javon Freeman Liberty, because maybe like that's just a young guy you could develop at the end of the bench. But uh, I did like the Carter signing. I did like the Craig signing. So I guess Laro, like the Bulls have done 
it's been a more active offseason than it was last year. Getting Javon yeah. Carter, getting Torrey Craig, re-signing Kobe, re-signing Vooch. Low so bar, I guess just like, but... how are you feeling going into the season about this season specifically? And like, you know, how, how do you think these pieces fit? Did you like the Carter signing? You know, just thoughts in general on on where there's where their their outlook for this year. So first, I mean, I, I want to say if this team ends up being in the play again, AK needs to be fired. But anyway, love it. Um, love, throwing it down. Love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um, so for this for the team, I think I think you're right. I think uh, this season, I, I really love the I got to be honest. I love the signings of Javon and Toy Craig. Uh, I think. Both Javon and Tory Craig are gonna, you know, one of the things is gonna help is Caruso, like especially Tory Craig, like yes. not having to guard Julius Randle, not having <laughs> yeah. to guard the big fours, and not take that beating on his body. Now he can can he can more concentrate on the perimeter and guarding guards, and not have to worry about it. You know, um, I think that's huge because as we know, like you you've you mentioned. Um, that that guy, you know, you love him. You love seeing guys play that way. You know how hard he plays, but like there are side effects from that. You know, you get those like, you know, stingers in your your shoulder. You, you know, you you get a concussion. You get you know like you get yeah. all these different right. things. You know, um, you know, blowing up DHOs, banging knees with dudes. You know that that's just the way Crusoe goes. So having a guy like Toy Craig is huge. Um, but I, I agree. I think I think you know, 47, 45 to 47 wins. I think that's something that, you know, if this team is rolling, like, I think that's something they can do. Um, I think that if this team, if this team somehow gets like 49 or somewhere around there, it's because I think we're going to be seeing Kobe take another step and we're going to be seeing Pat take another step. And the, the thing with Pat is like, just take two or three more threes. Like, just take, you know, you've you've can, you've shown that you can make forty percent of your threes. You shot over two hundred attempts last season. You were at forty one percent. Shoot more threes. Um, and I think, I think a lot of uh, a lot, you know, good or bad, depending on who you are. Uh, a lot of the the future hinges on Pat and Kobe. I think. I think. I think if uh, I personally think Kobe's got another step this year. I, I really love the way uh, Kobe ended the season. Um, I think there's another step in there with him. Um, and I, as you guys know, like I'm, I try not to, I'm not, a, I, I, I can, I can, I know that Pat has uh, things he needs to work on, you know, defensively screen navigation, not a good uh, chaser off ball, but if, you know, he's a good, he's learning to be, uh, I'm sorry, he's gotten better at being the low man in pick and roll situations and rim protection, um, things like that. Um, offensively, He's he's just I think they're when I look at like when I watch games, I try not to be super reactionary. I try to like pretend like I'm sitting on the bench um, at the much game. more measured than most you know fans. I, mean? <laughs> I, I just I just like I just think that, you know, he overthinks like I, I, I do think he overthinks like coach uh, coach Billy wants to be random. He wants to move the ball moving around. And I think I think the, I think at times he catches himself like, oh, shoot, I should have shot that. And then it's too late. You know, like he's just, I think that, I think, I, I still am very optimistic in Pat because I, I, there's a coach. He had a coach um, when he was playing Team United, Trey Smith. He was uh, his coach. He, Trey Smith now coaches at 
um, team skill, uh, the skill factory, um, AU team. Um, and I was talking to him and he was, he was telling me like, Pat has always been like, just like he said, when, when Pat started playing like high school ball, like when you first watched him play, you, you, the instant thought, your instant like thought was pro he's a pro because he, he would just 20 and 10 easy. Like he would just, he rebounded the hell off the ball and he, and he scored 20 points easily. But he told me the biggest thing was, is that he was, and this is what, after hearing this this is what kind of worries me a bit because we've now seen three years of it. Uh, But he's always been kind of cool. Like, um, you know, when he gets the ball, when he has to attack, like he, he's good, he's good at, but he's, you know, he's a team guy, you know, Hey, you're, you're a better score than me. You, you take it, you know? Um, and he told he, he, Trey Smith said that I told he told Pat that the day that you want the ball, the day that you decide like, yo, I'm the guy is the day that you become a star. And who knows? Maybe. I mean, like I said, like we know he came in the draft at a very young age and it's maybe taking him some time. I'm just hoping that it clicks for him, because if it does click. We have something to be excited about. But at the moment, I, I think um, we just have to wait and see. Um, and see, see where it goes. And, uh, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just trying to stay optimistic. Cause like, <laughs> like, like, like yeah. Ricky said, you know, it, it, there's not much in the future to look forward to. So, um, you got a guy, a six, seven, a seven foot wingspan that has a ton of potential that should be, it looks the part to be excited, you yeah. know? And, um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Ricky, so, Ricky, I, a you- couple I was going to say, Ricky, you always talk about it like Pat. You want to see Pat because he's at been at like nine points per game, nine points per game, 10 points per game to get to what you said last with Chris. Larry, I went on a big rant on a recent episode where I said points per game is the stupidest stat in basketball. No one cares about it. (laughs) But But also, it's the only thing I care about for Patrick Williams. I need to see him score at least 13 points a game. And if you get to 15, I don't want to like ask for too much, but like 15 (laughs) would be great. And basically, it starts with up in the usage rate. Yeah, it it's a three point rate. Becoming better is a finisher and playing with more force. Patrick Williams should be yeah. so good crashing the offensive glass, being a dunker spot. We finisher. see it uh, sometimes. You know, and th- that's what makes him so exciting because, like, yeah. yeah, he should be good at the dunker spot finishing as a cutter and as, uh, you know, just sort of like a play finisher. But then he also has some play creation ability too yeah. that he's like flashed. In sequences, he's never really flashed it seriously in terms of like a stretch of games where it's like, oh, he had 10 great games where he averaged 20 points a game. Like we haven't seen that yet. So one thing I'll say about Pat is I thought that the fact that Patrick Williams played 82 games last year was probably the most encouraging thing about the Bulls season last year, which was not a very good season. It was 40 and 42. It was a frustrating, disappointing season for the fans and for the team. It was a very mid season. But if you want to take away something, okay, Patrick Williams played 82 games following a year where he missed most of his second year. So this is a big season for Pat. Obviously, it's a contract year for him. If he Mm -hmm. has, you know, I mean, we saw it with Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying that the guy's going to turn Jimmy Butler, but like Jimmy Butler went from a guy, went from a guy who was averaging 13 points a game you know, and who was like sort of like a secondary offensive option to like yeah. Jimmy just came back as a killer uh, and, you know, won a big negotiation against the Bulls, turned himself into an all-star. This was his first all-star run. So Pat's somewhat in a similar boat there. And so what I think about Pat is that he proved himself to be an above average NBA defensive player 
pretty impressive, I think, for a guy who was 21 years old last season, will be 22 this season. So I'm yeah. feeling good about his versatility and his overall effectiveness on the defensive end. I think he's gotten better as a perimeter defender in terms of his wing stopper abilities. We've mm-hmm. seen him guard Jason Tatum, Kawhi, LeBron, Kevin Durant. And yeah, there's been some sequences where he's got roasted, but for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, in the wing stopper role, I think he's pretty solid. He's maybe yeah. not elite, but I think he's they solid. tried to have him guard like guards, and like that was an issue. Like they tried to have him guard like literally like everybody. I remember like he Devin tried to guard Booker. Devin Booker, and like that was just like not that's that's just like not him, which is fine. Yeah, like, bad matchup for him, and that yeah. was bad coaching really to even put him yeah. in that spot. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it, but you know, also though, like. I don't know. Guard Devin Booker for a game. Like, even if we lose the sure, game, yeah, yeah, right. learn something from well, like whatever. It, you know? Yeah, it's like, not him. I mean, he's uh, our wing forward. He's an, he shouldn't need to be guarding Devin Booker. So now, you know, this year coming up, like, yeah, I think what Laro said is like the team as presently constructed needs Patrick Williams to fit sort of a more narrow role. That role is as sort of a volume shooting floor spacer. There's more to Patrick Williams' game than that. And in fact, that might actually be the least developed part of Pat's game is as, you know, a volume floor spacer. Instead, you'd like to see him, you know, finish him more plays with force around the basket and maybe like tapping into some like running a pick and roll or running in isolation, trying to get a bucket one on one. So, yeah, I want to see Pat. Figure out what are you good at offensively? That's what I want to mm-hmm. see this year. Where's your like? Even if he could just like be like, okay, he's really good on cuts and it slant like finishing lobs and just like finishing plays around the basket. If we could just like say he's definitively good at that, that would be a step in the right direction. His three point percentage, forty one point five percent last year, is wonderful. If he doubles the volume, can he somewhat maintain that? Can he? You know, I would rather have him double the volume and shoot thirty six percent then shoot 42% on the same volume. You know what I mean? Like, because you have to be more willing to take them. I do think that there is more to his game than being used as a floor spacer. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of hoping that maybe Tory Craig can push him a little bit uh, mm-hmm. because I think Craig could be a pretty good fit around DeMar and Zach. Yeah. So those are just some loose pat thoughts and I'll give it up, but I just wanted to say like, couple other key things on the Bulls maybe reaching their ceiling this year. I want to see Zach take more threes. Yeah. I think Zach's one of the 10 best shooters in the NBA. And I think that he really needs to be a threes and rims guy. I would like to see Zach Levine cut out the mid-range because that's what the team needs. They have enough mid-range scoring with DeMar and yeah. with Vooch scoring like post mid, mid-range area as well. I think Zach really needs to lean into being a volume shooter. I would like to see Billy tell him, Zach, this is your role. I would like to see Zach accept that role. I don't, you know, for whatever reason, like Zach's three point volume. He was only at three. Like only he's only at seven per game again last year. I think that's two years in a row, like right around seven. You know, minimum. I want nine. We talked about. I want that number. (laughs) Billy Donovan talked about ten. Up at two. There, there was like a little stretch last year where he shot like a ton, and Billy was like, "Oh yeah, like I tell him to shoot like ten to twelve per game." And that's like where like Steph Steph is at like eleven or twelve per game. So I would love Zach's that. obviously not Steph, but yeah, nine but, or ten. Would but be Zach fine. hasn't done I'm that, sorry. and I think it's because you know Zach, uh, but just probably just more comfortable as a scorer. Yeah, you know, having a more diverse yeah. shot diet than just like spamming threes. Yeah, uh, and obviously in you know spamming threes and then getting to the rim too. 
But, uh, you know, I think he's someone who, like, you know, grew up watching Kobe. Kobe probably yeah. likes his mid-range <laughs> game. And he, he has a pretty yep. good mid-range game. But just sort of, like, the team needs more. The, okay, the Bulls were last in, in general. It makes yeah. last in three-point attempts. So, yeah. like, you can't be dead last in both of those categories. Like, and Zach, you're a sick shooter. So I yeah. want to see that. And then also, last thing, then I'll kick it to Laro. How about a late career shooting surge from Boots? DeMar. Vooch last year, 35%, 34.9%. The year before that, he was at like 31%. So he got a little better. I think we've seen guys in Vooch's mold, like uh, Brooke Lopez would be the most prominent example, who have developed more shooters as they've hit. I think Vooch is going to be 33 this year. So that could make Vooch's contract look like a nice little piece of business for the Bulls if Vooch can get a little bit better is a three-point shooter. And I'm not asking for a ton, but like, you know, if he could move up to 37%, we think, you know, two years ago, 31%. So similar volume or, you know, just like be willing to take it uh, because teams aren't going to close out hard against Vooch. He's going to get a lot of wide open looks, right? That's why he takes threes because teams don't close out against him. <laughs> um, so I think that's possible. I actually do. I think that it's possible Vooch could hit 37% of his threes and a moderate 2% improvement. That's kind of like the best case scenario model for me. And then health. And then I think Javon can be really good. I think, uh, you know, Laro talked about how Craig can help AC. I actually think Javon can help AC a lot too, because AC is such a complete defensive player in terms of how you can utilize his skills. He can slide up or down the lineup in terms of the position he's defending. He can be a bulldog on the ball, and then he can also be elite as a help defender. Well, I think where Crusoe is really special is is a help defender. And while Javon Carter is tiny, Uh, He can really defend the ball. I mean, I remember watching him back at West Virginia. That's always been like his bread and butter is like this guy is going to hound ball handlers. So I think if you can have someone who can really be a pest on ball handlers, now you have Caruso in a little bit more of a free safety mold. And you also have Pat who can kind of play multiple roles defensively. There is a pathway to the Bulls being a top 10 defense again last year. They were number five. Yeah, of course, it depends a lot on Caruso because Caruso is a singularly brilliant talent on the defensive yeah. end. But I think that adding Carter, adding Craig, another year of development from Pat. I think there's a pathway there. No, I totally think, agree, bro? man. I mean, there there's. um The team, here's the deal. I, I'm going to get a little. Nerdy for a second. Like what I what I think one of the biggest problems I have with Billy. Okay. And I, I really think he's a really good defensive coach. I, I, I think he does a really good job on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. But I need for him to either hire an offensive coordinator or I need for him to be a little bit more creative. Um, Like he, he, like no doubt DeMar DeRozan ain't a floor spacer. Ain't nobody worried about him shooting threes. Okay. But I think there are ways you can do, you could do different things. Like there's, there's, I talked about it a lot with uh, Evan Gualberto. um, And like, why can't we use Zach Levine a little bit more? Why can't we be creative of how we use Zach Levine? You know, why, why can't we, you know, throw the ball down to Vooch and keep Zach, you know, either two passes or one pass away and run some like, you know, 
uh, low post split action for for Zach to come off a, a split screen. You know why why can't we do more creative things like the 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 offense is literally like delay action in Chicago or it's iso ball or it's a, a zipper into a cross screen for Vooch to come on for like a a baseline jump shot. Other than that, it's like nothing there was not there's nothing Pretty bland off they should be running a you know? shit ton of stuff for zach off ball i mean he's like zach is he can like, shoot the shit out of the ball man yeah. i just part of me wishes i could see what zach would look like with somebody like steve kerr or popovich or, we've ta- I, I feel we've talked about just like use him like clay as a juiced up clay thompson who can actually dribble and get to the rim too but like getting him those attempts off screens and stuff like that. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world. He can, he's not as good of a shooter as clay, but like mm-hmm. whatever Oh, he's, right. he's there. He's close. He's close, but then he can also actually dribble and get to the rim. So like, he, so why aren't you doing that kind of stuff? And like getting him moving him off the ball like that. And I, I feel like he's got the stamina to do it, to run around screens like or that. that just go crazy. Not like, why not? That's That's true. That's true. That's true. But I don't know. It's either it's like coaching, it's buy-in, but part of coaching is getting buy-in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, like, wouldn't that be a fun role? Like, if you could just run around and rip and just bomb a game, free, and, then also, and then you're also, like, yeah. slamming you're still, you're, you're still going to be getting 25, you, so. 25, 27 points per game. You're still getting I mean, those points, just in a different way. It seems way. fun. Yeah. It seems fun. So, and it, I mean, whatever, like, I mean, I, I don't know Zach personally, but like, would he really like be is he like that married to like whatever the Kobe mindset and like being like whatever the like guy I need to be like isoing all the time? Like maybe I mean maybe he is. Uh I don't know, but like I mean if you're getting all those points anyways, like and it helps you win games, like he would he he is whatever, he's won one playoff game in his career. You would think like he'd be open. And like Zach's been a guy who he's worked so hard, he's he's gotten better almost every season, like after his ACL, I mean, with the Bulls, he's gotten better. He got better almost every year. So, like, would he really be against something like that? Like, is he that married to like whatever being like the guy and like needing to have the ball in his hands and being icy? I I don't know. Maybe he is. I like I said I don't know him. I don't I don't have that insight. But like, it certainly seems like they could use better, find better ways Tough to make to him even you more know. effective and take advantage of his extremely unique skill set as one of the most athletic athletic guys in the NBA and being one of the best shooters. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> I will. This last thing I will say is, I do think that this team um, will be fun. I, I do think that we're gonna see some some cool things on the floor. But if this team is not a top six seed, AK needs to be fired, and that's all I'll say. I love it, man. And I think the most damning thing about AK is that he seems pretty bad in the draft in that he doesn't re- like to me. It's like he pre- like we talk about players predetermining their reads sometimes yeah. on the basketball floor. It's like he predetermines his reads and team building. It's just like he doesn't really seem like uh, very good at analyzing new information and lack of flexibility doesn't in really general seem good at yeah. he doesn't seem very creative in terms of how he goes about building the roster and i'm not sure he has a great eye for talent quite frankly so we were duped uh, we were duped <laughs> oh yogi found Jokic. oh Jokic. you know and and then, and then he was like oh wait i got another guy marco marco that's, simonovich <laughs> that's it he's the guy i'm telling you guys we gotta get him we gotta get him 
No. Well, Dalen looks Dalen looks like a Chandler Hutchinson level bad oh, draft pick. But oh, man. you know, maybe maybe Dalen can still rescue pip. it. You know, maybe the next he can young rescue pip. it. But but that was a very discouraging second year of summer league for Dalen. So it's hard to feel good. I mean, it's it's obviously impossible to feel good about that pick right now. And you just hope, you know, he was raw, so maybe he could develop this year and then you'll see what you have in him. Um Okay, I want to close this out because Lero's been super generous with his time. But last thing I'm going to do is ask Lero about the new Turkish wing the Bulls signed to a two-year deal. I'm going to try this again. Anerlop Bitim. I think it's Anerlop. I believe the R is before the L. Uh, so Lero <laughs> said he watched five games. Yeah, Bittim. man. Shout out, and shout I'm out telling to Synergy. You, shout out to Synergy, baby. Um, no one else you're listening to on a Bulls podcast has watched five games of Bitten. Well, so Lero has. So Lero just like, you know, tell us about this guy. Like just your general impressions of uh, watching some of his watching some of his tape. Well, I think I think that explains how much of a uh, junkie I am, I guess, of of the game of basketball. But um, what I think about Bitten is I think um, with his team, uh, Bursapur, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, he read a lot, a lot. He had a lot of on ball pick and roll reps. Like, like if you turn on a game, he's going to be in a lot of pick and rolls. Um, I think in the NBA, that's not going to be his, his role, but I think what you can take from a lot of what he was, he showed in those pick and roll reps is he has really good feel for the game. He has really good feel for the game. Um, he's when he's, uh, he does this like kind of like Tyrese Halliburton esque, uh, get up in the air, use eye manipulation, and find a pass and read. He does that a lot. Um, but what I, what I started to watch for is like, oh, that's cool. Those are fun. But he's not going to get that with Zach Levine and DeMar Rose on this team. Right. What What is he going to look like on ball? I mean, off ball, you know? And when he was off ball, he's one of the things that I, 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 I uh, saw from him is shooting versatility. He can shoot it coming off of screens. He can shoot catch and shoot. He can shoot off the dribble. Um, he's strong. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's got a strong body. Um, he was guarding some fours. He, he guarded some some uh, not the quickest of guards, but he was, you know, kind of moving around a little bit. Um, I think he would excel if he if he did get some time at, at the NBA level. I think he would excel being around guys like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan uh, and Vooch because one, he can shoot it Two, He's really good at attacking closeouts and he can finish above the rim, but also his connective passing. I think that is like probably his cool you know outside of the shooting is i'll say his second best skill is his connective passing um but i think uh, i talked to one of my friends ignacio he's a really really good uh international scout i love Um, ignacio yeah man he's dope man um and he was saying that he thought that this was like a really really good use of a two-way contract for the for the bulls um he said that he saw a lot of improvement over these years like like i said the shooting versatility um the how, how strong he is he can guard some wings um big wings as well um and uh i, I think he's fun man I, I just wonder if like i'm pretty sure he probably would have been able to get a better contract overseas if he decided to stay so i'm i'm assuming I, i'm just i'm just gonna assume that he's betting on himself like I, I think i could play at the nba level so i'll take whatever you guys offer me because i will show you that you know type shit like that but um, I think um, he's way better than Marco, so don't get it twisted. He ain't no damn Marco Smart. He is very, he's skilled, man. Like he's skilled. Um, I just, I guess we just have to wait and see how he does with the the G League team and see if he gets a shot at some point. But I think if he did get a shot, like I think he can play. I mean, 
he's won two dunk contests, but you'll see it on the fast break. When he gets on the break, man, he he can he can get up there. He's 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 a fun player, man. He's fiery. Um, he uh, you know, he kind of reminds you when I when you watch the games, when you watch the games, kind of reminds you of Luca, not like game wise. Fuck, I'm not talking about game wise. I'm talking about you know how like Luca always is talking to the refs. Oh yeah, every, like he's that guy. Like every he's there's no no he never fouls. And, you know, somebody <laughs> fouled him, you know, like he's always, always talking to the ref. So that's one thing um, <laughs> that you'll see right away. But no, man, he's he's a fun watch, man. He's a fun watch. He's fun. He's a fun um, player that has really good feel for the game. And pretty, so, it seems like, you know, he could maybe be a strength based one on one score. Like he seems like a pretty yes. burly barrel chested guy. Yes. And I'm going to say, because we're ripping the shit out of AK, rightfully so, on this episode, <laughs> I do like the three two-way guys. I like the three two-way yes. guys. I like Sonogo quite a bit. Yeah. He obviously has some holes in his game, but I think he may have spectacular scoring touch within 10 yes. feet and maybe some floor spacing potential, given his yeah. development at UConn last year. So I like Sonogo. Yep. I think that, you know, if Vooch gets hurt for two weeks... That would be very bad for the Bulls. I don't if you guys remember, even when the Bulls had Lonzo, Vooch got hurt and they got like crushed by the Warriors. Yeah, I do that remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like if that happens or if Drummond goes down for a couple of weeks, I think Sonogo, I kind of like that bet as a two way. I liked him as an undrafted free agent. Honestly, I would like to see them do more with the undrafted free agent class this year. But Sonogo was a good guy to get. Definitely, yeah. I think. I had him actually rated on my big board that I published on SPNation.com higher than Julian Phillips. <laughs> so I don't blame uh, you, though. <laughs> yeah. So um, outstanding player. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I like Sonogo. I thought that was a good get. And I think, like, you know, maybe he could log some minutes if there's an injury this year. And then yeah. no, Justin I Lewis, I was very high on Justin Lewis. He comes off the ACL. And now I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe that spot should have gone to Freeman Liberty. No, fuck that. Freeman Liberty should have got a guaranteed roster spot. Yeah. I like Lewis on a two-way. Yeah. Obviously, Max Struess tore his ACL on the Windy City Bulls, and they sort of washed their hands with him after the yeah. ACL injury. They're sticking with Lewis. Okay, I like that. I don't blame it. Me. may not happen right at the start of the season, but I like Lewis as a developmental guy. And then now Bittim is interesting because he's a little older. He's not really a developmental guy. Right. He can, you know, maybe step in and play some minutes for him. So I sort of like that. So I kind of like the three two-way guys. Yeah. If Sonogo develops into a solid backup big in the, at the NBA level, like that would be an awesome get for an undrafted free agent. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. Totally it's a, kind of a high bar to clear, but I think Sonogo has a chance. And I yeah. think that bit him from the highlights I've seen. And I think that Justin Lewis, dating back to his Marquette, days i think those guys have a chance too so yeah. i kind of like the two-way this guys is how you should there. use your two-way contracts we talk we make fun of the marco shit all the time and we complain about it marco should have been a two-way guy and like obviously he didn't work out but like this is right. how you use your two-way contracts like you take a chance on whatever an overseas guy and you see if he works out marco they gave a guaranteed contract for no fucking reason because he was like nicole Jokic's he or nicole Jokic's agent was like marco's agent too seemed like a favor like but you just gave him a guaranteed contract for no reason. But now, whatever, you give this guy a bit to him, like, whatever, two-way, that's good. Like, you'll see if it works out. If it doesn't, it's fine. Same with Lewis, whatever. He's coming off the ACL. You, Let him develop. Take a, cha- you know, you take a chance on it. If it doesn't work how out, does, it doesn't work out. It's fine. How does then, Justin Lewis look in March? How does he look in February? Right, exactly. That's what I want to know. Like, yeah, I don't really so, care yeah, about the that's, this, like, These guys, I feel like, are good two-way bets. 
And if they don't work out, they don't work out. You cycle through them. But like, so yeah, Sonogo as the final four most outstanding player, great college player. We'll see if he works. He, I mean, he might get minutes. Yeah. Vooch, if he doesn't play all 82 games, if he gets hurt. Drummond, I mean, Drummond's pretty solid as backup, but whatever. If they don't sign another big, like, Sonogo, if Sonogo is like their third center, like maybe he actually gets time this season. So, but I feel like it's a pretty, a pretty decent bet for your two way. And then, like I said, bit him here using this on a European guy who was really good. I think it was like, what is it? Second team Euro cup player. I think he's a two time, like slam dunk champ. Uh, you've got some shooting skill. Like, yeah, you take yeah. a chance on that for a two way. That's, that's great. Absolutely. Why not? And then Justin Lewis coming off the ACL. Uh, they liked him coming out. Obviously, of course they had him last year and he tore his ACL. So yeah, love, uh, lo- really like the way that they've used their two ways this season. That, and Marco should have had been a two way guy. I always, comp- I will complain about the Marco shit forever. I think we all hate how they used Marco, but uh, so yeah, we'll see if those guys turn out for sure. Yeah. Uh, Laro, you have any closing thoughts on the state of the Chicago bulls that you uh, want to get off before we wrap this thing up and. Um, Kobe white, man. Um, I'm very high on him coming into this season. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready for to see what Kobe white's got in store, man. I'm, All right. I've heard from a few people, um, um, you know, that he, you know, he, there's a couple of people I know that knows his trainer. Um, I've heard some, some people say, man, they, they, he's really, he's really putting shit together. So, um, I can't wait to see. It's 23 turns 24 in February. These are the prime years of Kobe White. You know, we've uh, suffered through the rough developmental years of Kobe White. Right. He has started to get better. Um, you know what? He clearly Kobe got White... better at, at at the end of last season. And there there's yeah. some good lineup data. I know our guy Kevin Farragut has brought up how there's some good lineup data out there when you put Kobe, Kobe like, with with like better. the the mid three, and then it looks pretty good. So we will see if Kobe does take another step, and and if Pat takes another step as well, like. Maybe the Bulls do have a little more upside. I mean, because it is, as you mentioned, Larry, like it is those two guys. Like the Bulls don't have have that much upside there. But if those two guys do take that step, like they get a little more intriguing. And like even if whatever, they're obviously not going to win a title next season. Clearly, obviously. Right, right. But if they take, if they do, like if those two guys do take a step and the Bulls do win whatever, mid 40s, high 40s. And they put put themselves in position to be a team that could be interesting. Like maybe they maybe that future does look a little more exciting than obviously this last season was really miserable and where we were all complaining about what the hell they're doing and they need to blow it up and they're not blowing it up. Why aren't they doing that? But if those two guys do take that step, maybe things do get a little more interesting. So we will see about that. You know, even though it's bad in general, <laughs> and I don't think AK is good at his job, really. <laughs> I'm still sort of excited for the team. Maybe I'm just yeah. a sicko. We're, we're, we're going like, to talk ourselves into it. We're going to talk ourselves into it, guys. Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> and you, but I'm excited for it for this year. Yeah. But, like, if I'm talking about three more years of Vooch DeRozan, like, then I'm just like, fuck that. I don't really want to see that. <laughs> but for this year, I'm cool with this team for this year. I know I a lot of fans probably listening to the podcast are like, I hate this team. This team should have been totally blown up. I would have been fine with them being blown up if it could have led to them having a brighter future. But they didn't do it. So they got it right now for this year. I'm okay watching this team for this year. And 
Let's hope for some incremental improvements. Let's hope for a more fun team. Let's hope that there's no longer the dangling carrot of Lonzo Ball's return hanging yeah. over the team. Now, like, we just know he's not playing. They got the disabled player exception. So maybe that changes the mindset. Maybe that helped change some of their mindset in getting Javon Carter. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, I actually – I put 150 bucks play. on them to win over – because the, the Vegas Lions right now are brutal. It's like 37 wins and, like – 37 and a half wins. It's, it's bad. I put 150 for them to go over, like – <laughs> Which is not that like that optimistic. Like, that's horrible. Like if they went thirty eight and forty four, if they went over and they won that, like that's fucking so terrible. And like uh, AK should be fired. <laughs> go but like that's such 34. a low number. So I'm like, oh they, they have to win more than that. I think they'll be better than that. Like I, I do think they should get should get in like the low to mid forties. The injury thing, I am worried about the injury thing. Like if if whatever if Booch misses time, if Zach and Demar miss some time, because they were pretty lucky health wise outside Alonzo, they had the bad clutch luck last year. They had some bad like ref stuff go against them last year. I do kind of think that that's all gonna like even out to get them to like whatever mid forty, low to mid forties. Uh, hopefully that maybe is enough to get top six. If they don't get top six, Lara, as you said, AK should be fired. And, like yeah, if they do like struggle again next year and whatever end up nine ten or something like that. Like he probably should be fired. Like they're just kind of going nowhere and just spinning their wheels. But there is some, there is at least a little bit of optimism. Like they should be better with Craig. Be better. Yeah. Team they should be, be better, better with sure. Javon. I really do like the Carter and Craig signings. Like yeah. we've talked about Pat and Kobe. There is a little bit of upside there. And if they do hit that and if everything goes right, there is some, some hope here. And I'm going to talk myself into it. Uh, because like, there's just because there's whatever if we're just gonna be like miserable as fans that's just miserable the uh, way to go about being a sports fan like oh they're gonna suck it's gonna be awful like we might as well talk ourselves into it for them to be to be like a decent team and obviously if it goes poorly then we'll just shit all over them and we'll call for ak to be fired and and that'll be that but uh uh there are at least some reasons for optimism for this team to at least be decent again not a title contender but at least a decent team. And maybe if that does happen, maybe that does build towards title contention. I know with this franchise and with this ownership, always, always question marks about what their actual goals are, but we will see. So, all right. So Laro, thank you so much for all the time, man. Really appreciate it. I love Laro's insights on basketball at every level of the game. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Laro L A R R O hoops. Uh, underscore Laro Hoops. Laro, you're the best, man. Thanks so much for all the insight today. We appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me. Absolutely. On. Do you have anything fun. else you want to shout out right now before we close this out? Um, if you're not following uh Swish Theory, uh please, please, please follow Swish Theory. Um, we got a lot of contributors doing some really, really good work over there um uh, with the draft and also the WNBA. Um, and we're already starting to think, uh, starting to put some things together for the 2024 draft. So, um, which might not be the best draft, <laughs> but so hopefully the Bulls don't do tank that fun. tank this year. It's <laughs> exactly, um, unless I mean, you know, I, I know we don't go down this road, but you know, I'll take an Isaiah Collier, I'll take a Miles Buzelis, I'll take a Ron yeah. Holland, you know, I'll take those, I'll take those guys, sure. you know what I mean. No, they'll but, get, uh, they're going to get Bronny so they can sign LeBron when he's 42 years old. <laughs> I like Bronny. I think Bronny's going to be a good NBA player, but mm, I ain't taking the Bronny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, man, I mean, um, yeah, Cerebro. I'm also, you know, doing some regional analyst stuff for Cerebro in Chicago. So 
be looking out for tweets about some of our best uh, high school uh, players in uh, Illinois. Um, so other than that, I mean, yeah, that's all I got going. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome to have you on. Uh, It's been a long time coming, so I'm glad we were able to get you on here to talk about uh, both free agency, both summer league, all this good stuff. So that is going to do it for us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, We're getting deep into the NBA offseason here. Not much stuff happening, uh, but a bunch of other great podcasts all across Blue Wire as well. And of course, there'll still be NBA content all across summer. NBA is a 24 7, 365 days a year sports. So please continue to check out all the great content across Blue Wire. For us here at Cash Considerations, please follow us. Give us those five star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's going to be called now moving forward. Uh, I have no idea, but whatever. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, follow all of Ricky's great content at SBNation.com. Please go check out clutchpoints.com as well. So again, thank you, Lara, for joining us. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We will talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.